The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. And so it's December 1st, like I was mentioning earlier, which means we're fully into the holiday season now. Uh, How many of us are rejoicing at that fact? How many of us are groaning at that fact? How many of us are a little bit of both? (laughs) Well, this message today is for for you because we're talking about the the gifts of of giving and in particular what it means um, not to give those gifts from a place of material wealth, but from the, the spirit, the spiritual gifts. You know, when I was young, I used to remember the holiday time most by the gifts that I received. You know, the Star Wars toy, the video game. And as I grew older, I remembered the holiday time more and more by the gifts that I got to give because it showed that I'd uh, become someone and become thoughtful. But as I mature even more and the grace starting to come in on either side here, uh, the holiday time is really defined by the connections that I make, the recognition that life is the gift to receive that gift of life in all that I do in this sacred time. And so my goal is to be as present as possible to the sacred. And that for me is um, why I honor the holiday time, not just because of of the holidays themselves, but it's sacred time, this time when it's most dark and we honor the, the inner light to remember and recognize the eternal gifts of spirit to remember that there are indeed blessings abound, an infinite richness. It's the the best time of year for me to step out of my reality tunnel, how I've defined my life for the year, to step back into what what it really is, God's universe, the spiritual reality, a deeper understanding of the great gift of life, giving itself through and as all of us. I love something Dr. Ernest Holmes said. He said, if you will take time daily to sense the presence of life within you, to believe in it, to accept it, it will not be long before the life which you have known will gradually disappear and something new will be born, a bigger, better, and more perfect you. And we can get to that awareness through meditation and prayer. But for me, especially during this time of year, there's no more surefire way than to get there than through, through giving. Giving of the gifts of God within you, the gifts of love, of peace, of understanding, and goodwill. That gift that we're able to give when we realize the sacredness of this thing called life and just what an abundant universe We live in. All that being said, it's not easy to tell someone who's broke that we live in an abundant universe, is it? It's not easy to tell someone who's going through the loss of a of a loved one that they're surrounded by love all of the time. It's not easy when someone's feeling broken to tell them that they're they're whole. And it's not my intention today in saying that we live in an abundant universe um, to not recognize as well that, that scarcity is a real thing that we experience. That as infinite as the universe is, it probably can't bring back in the way a loved one once before back into our life again. 
that as much as wholeness is, it can sometimes um, not disintegrate an experience of, of brokenness or emptiness. But to me, that's the part of the beauty of the divine truth. To recognize that even in scarcity, we still live in an abundant universe. Even in the grips of loss, there is indeed an underlining grace and love. That even at our most broken and empty, there is the possibility for an awareness of greater wholeness, the fragrance of our wholeness waiting and calling us forward. This is something I experience in this sanctuary every week. You know, when I look into the faces in this crowd, you know what I see? Healthy people, whole people, individuals committing to their own thriving. And yet, all that being said, each and every one of us will probably have an experience of entering the sanctuary feeling broken. There is not a Sunday that goes by in this place that there isn't someone grieving or in loss. There isn't a Sunday that goes by that someone isn't feeling empty and broke. There isn't a Sunday that goes by that someone isn't considering whether they want to continue living or not. And yet, in this space, we honor that divine life in all of us. We recognize the divine dichotomy that even though I'm feeling broke, I can be the richest man there is. That even though I may be feeling loss of a loved one, I can still feel connected to everyone I've ever loved. That even though I'm feeling broken, I'm still whole. And in that recognition, even more whole to embrace myself with compassion, with deepening. It's part of the magic that happens here every week that we can be at different states in the cycles of our lives but still honor the recognition that life is the greatest gift there is. And it's a gift given to each and every one of us that is only truly received when it is given. We only truly receive the gift of life when we give it ourselves, an awareness of the holy and of the sacred within us. So a question for us this week. Do you have a a favorite holiday TV special? (laughs) Next week we're going to talk about movies, but today we're talking about TV specials. Anyone got a favorite? I'm listening. Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes, where Charlie goes to get the, 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 the mangy little tree, right? And he brings it back to the play, and it, it doesn't seem to have any, any life, right? Uh, but then the, the whole Peanuts gang, they, they give it life again in this beautiful way, yes. Charlie Brown Christmas. What else? Rudolph, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, we all remember the Island of Misfit Toys, right? King Moon Racer with the wings. And he says that beautiful line that a toy is only truly happy when it is loved by a child. And we're watching it and watching Claymation and I'm crying, you know, because I realize that, that none of us are really real until we're loved. Right, great. Anybody else? Frosty. Elf, it's a wonderful life. The Grinch, good stuff. 
uh, my favorite um, holiday TV special is the Andy Griffith Show. Now, I know it's from the 60s, but I'm a child of the 80s, which means I'm from the rerun generation. We watched all that stuff <laughs> countless numbers of times. And I love the holiday episode of the Andy Griffith Show. It involves a, a gentleman, a um, mean old man, starts off, his name is Ben Weaver, and he's made a citizen's arrest of a gentleman named Sam, who he's caught making moonshine. And he brings him into the sheriff's station, and he demands that Barney and Andy uh, put Sam in jail. Uh, Andy argues it's Christmas Eve, Sam has a family, can we send him home? No, I insist, imprison him. And so Andy does what Andy does, which he and Barney, they call up Aunt B and Opie and everybody and, and, and pick up Sam's family and they're going to have Christmas right there in the jail. <laughs> and, and Ben gets wind of this, at first he's really angry, but then he's incredibly jealous because the tree's going up and the Aunt B's cooking is the best and so the food is there and it smells great and the holiday spirit is is going and he's feeling left out of it so he wants in so he keeps trying to get himself arrested (laughs) but Andy's so compassionate he keeps letting him him go and and finally there's this this scene where where Ben's outside of the of the jail and he's on a milk carton and he's holding on to the the bars and I know it's a little weird to go into the deep metaphysical interpretations of the Andy Griffith show but <laughs> here's a man looking in to jail but it's he himself who's imprisoned see there's no no greater sin no greater mistake that we can make in our lives than to be on the outside looking in. To refuse to participate in the joy that in this episode, individuals are creating, even within jail, the spirit of love and givingness. There's no greater mistake than withholding ourselves from that joy because we need to hold ourselves in, in, in judgment of ourselves or someone else. That we need to hold ourselves in lack of forgiveness, when we refuse to allow someone into our hearts, when we refuse to include ourselves in that miracle of life. Ben stumbles and falls off the crate and Andy doesn't know what's going on out there and he he finds him there and he finally figures out what's going on and they, they invite Ben in. And yet, we have to remember spiritually that, that as much as we may be invited, we have to let ourselves in. We have to say yes to the Christmas good, to the love, to the joy, to the peace. So they all have a great time, and uh, even Andy has to let uh, Sam go the next day because Ben drank all the moonshine. So, but <laughs> when it comes to that sacred life, that sacred good, we have to welcome ourselves into it. I have a, a dear friend, a spiritual grandfather, his name is Paul lives in California, and he told me once about a, a dream, better yet, a vision that he had. And in, in the vision, he's in a dining room, and there's a long table, and it's filled with food and drink and everything you might like. And sitting around the table are all the great spiritual masters. Think about what that might be for you. But for him, Jesus is there Buddha is there, Mother Teresa is there, Gandhi's there, and then the whole table's filled up except for one seat. And he, and he pauses. Is this for me? Yes, one of the masters says. We make room for everybody. We make room 
for everybody. There's room at the table of the gift of life for all of us. And to sit isn't to exalt yourself. It isn't a statement that you're better than anyone else. It's the message of of any spiritual teacher who, who was ever worth a damn. That there's room for all of us at the table of life. But we have to welcome ourselves in. We have to step into it. And how do we do it best? Through giving. That ability to recognize the gifts of the divine within ourselves and to give them without inhibition, with clarity, and emphatically. Because there's room for all of us and we're all deserving. To give the gifts of spirit, it doesn't matter how much money's in your bank account. It doesn't matter how hard a time you've been going through. The gift is available to all of us equally. I love how New Thought teacher Eric Butterworth put it. He said, there's never a time when you can't find some way to start the giving flow, which in turn will open the way to the receiving of your good. Or on service, Martin Luther King Jr. put it this way. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace. And one more quote on the importance of realizing you can serve right here and right now where you are from the Unitarian minister Edward Everett Hale who said, I am only one but I am one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. What can I do? I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. A very important spiritual teacher and and a spiritual teacher that's essential to the Christmas season that we know today uh, was Brother Lawrence a Catholic teacher who stressed the importance of what he called practicing the presence of God. Practice the presence of God, he would say, which for him meant to identify the divine virtues of God within yourself and share them with others. Don't just give your love, but give God's love to another. Don't just give your mercy and forgiveness, but give God's mercy and forgiveness to others. Don't just give your goodwill and charity, but God's goodwill and charity to others. This is the Christ spirit. This is the Christ presence in action to practice and share it with others. This idea was essential for Charles Dickens, who in, in, in a time where England wasn't really celebrating Christmas, brought forth this idea of, of practicing the presence and remembering the gifts of God. This was essential for those artists and poets in New York several decades later in the 1800s who came up with the modern depiction or visuals of of Santa Claus, the idea of of a saint who carries gifts of the Spirit to share with all of us. And so in this first part of the series on Blessings Abound, I want to talk a little bit more about the gifts of giving, of ways that we can give these gifts of the Spirit to those around us. Recognizing that, yes, Christmas is a materialistic time of year, and most of us will probably enjoy 
buying gifts for one another. Um, your presence in my life is your present, but if you want to get me a gift, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> I like the materialism, but all I'm arguing is let's bring it into balance with giving some of the gifts of the Spirit as well. So the, the first gift of giving that I encourage you to give this year is the gift of ritual. Give the gift of ritual. Most of our holidays are full of rituals, and yet sometimes we lose awareness of them. You know, ritual only really has its power when we're aware of what it means, aware of the sacred. You know, you may not be able to have your grandmother with you this Christmas, but you sure can bring out one of her old recipes and put on some of her favorite music and cook them in awareness of her spirit. You can invoke her spirit. And are you going to cry? Yeah. But you're going to smile too. Yes, your kids have all grown up, but you can still force them to wear matching pajamas. (laughs) You know, when you're when you're about to have dinner this year and you've got a, a fundamentalist on one of the t- end of the table and an atheist on another, try a different kind of grace where, you, where each person just goes around and says something they admire about the person on their left. You're in charge, so if you don't like the person on your left, have it be about the person on your right. Go around the circle. <laughs> These gifts of ritual help us remember the gift of life in all of us. Um, Our son loves Christmas, and yet he really values the materialistic end of it. So Christmas for him means getting some $100 bills, locking himself in his room, and doing simulated murder on video games all day. (laughs) You know, he'll he'll mature and see it more later. But you know, a ritual that he's learned to love and embrace is, is Hanukkah. Our son loves Hanukkah. And we, he'll, he'll come out of that locked room and come downstairs and, and light the candle for that evening on the menorah and eat a chocolate coin and spin a dreidel and drink a little grape juice. And he'll, he'll even recite the prayer of the night. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has granted us life, sustained us, and enabled us to reach this occasion. He's been doing this ritual since he's, he's 10. There's nothing like watching a 10-year-old contemplate the infinite, in silence. So he does that for a few minutes, and then he's up doing simulated murder on the video game again. But (laughs) at least there was that recognition in that moment of, of the sacred. Give the gift of ritual to yourself and to others this Christmas. Doesn't cost a dime. Secondly, give the gift of meaning this Christmas year. Give the gift of meaning. What I mean by that is find something that you own, that you value, and give it to another. I like to call this each year um, my Buddha gift. And I know we don't normally relate Buddha with Christmas, but believe it or not, there's a little bit of a relationship. Here comes Buddha Claus, here comes Buddha Claus, right down the middle way. Yeah, okay. Uh, so in, 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 in Buddhism, there is a, a, a Buddha known as Bodai, or we often uh, refer to him as the laughing Buddha. He's the fat one that you see in the, in the Chinese restaurants, and we've got a picture of him coming up there. And what do you notice? We all know this Buddha, right? What, what do you notice uh, hanging over his shoulder there? It's a sack. And what's it full with? Gifts. 
And part of the legend of Bodai is that he walks through the ancient village gathering up all the trash and then gives it to the children to play with. It doesn't sound very sanitary, but if you look deeper, the message is that there are all sorts of things that the the adults are throwing away, things they no longer appreciate that the Buddha is able to pick up and give to the children who can appreciate, who have that kind of presence and consciousness. It's like another teacher who said, how do you get into the kingdom of God? You got to be like a child, right? Have that awareness, And so every year, I give what I call my Buddha's present. So I find something that has great value and meaning to me, but to be honest, I haven't taken the time fully recently to appreciate. Maybe it's a a cookbook that my grandmother uh, uh, wrote to me full of her recipes. Maybe it's a record that I played a thousand times as a teenager but haven't touched in a few years. Maybe it's an old book that I love, that I can inscribe an inscription for a loved one and give to them. And I almost promise you that that gift will be the most significant and meaningful gift for your loved one this year, to give that gift of meaning. Something else Brother Lawrence is famous for saying, all that you could take with you is that which you have given away. All that you can take with you is that which you have given away. Don't hold on to any of it. Let it go. Allow your legacy to live now in the lives of those who you love and care for. So give a Buddha present. Give a gift of meaning. Lastly, this year, give the gift of giving. Give the gift of giving. Give the opportunity or on someone you love's behalf, the opportunity to give and share with someone else. Nicholas Kristof writes uh, opinion pieces for the New York Times, but every year in the beginning of December, he creates a list of great checked-out charity projects around the globe that you can give to on behalf of your loved one. So one year for our son Gavin, I, um, we adopted a mind-sniffing rat. <laughs> Was it his most memorable gift? No. And don't only give the gift of giving, by the way. But... Uh, this year, don't tell him what what he's getting, but one of the things I got him, I went to a place called globalgiving.org and bought a gift card. And so Gavin will be able to take it, go on the computer, and he'll get to choose where he gives his money to. Children who want a greater education in India, uh, young girls who need better medical care in Africa, give that gift of, of giving. We have an opportunity even today, if you haven't already, as you're walking out the doors, the giving trees are up. What a wonderful opportunity to give a gift to someone else, to grab a tag and take your child or take your loved one and go get a gift for someone else on their behalf. I love this giving tree. This is such a generous congregation. About 1,900 kids you're helping to provide gifts and a Christmas for this year. Doesn't that feel good? 1,900 kids. And what I know is that when they receive um, those gifts, it's not just a a charity present. It's it's a moment of recognition that someone who doesn't even know who I am honors my existence. Someone who doesn't even know who I am knows that I matter, that I have something to bring into life. It's an honor to the kids. It's an honor to the parents for those that have them. And it's a great gift of giving. So give a gift of ritual, 
Give a gift of meaning and give a gift of, of giving. And see if for you the Christmas season doesn't bring back that sense of what it's really all about. Honoring and recognizing the gifts of God made to all of us. The gift of this thing called life in all its forms and the recognition that the only way to receive it is to give it. The only way to receive the gift of life is to give it. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org. Peace out, friends.